Blog Talk Radio. Embrace Today is brought to you by Whole House Ministries. Host pre Curry will inspire listeners to embrace their today with hope and expectation with a focus of bringing about freedom, healing, and restoration through the Word of God. John 16.33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. and welcome to Embrace Today. I am your host, Dupree Curry, and I have my co-host with me this morning. Montreal Curry. And for the past few months, we have been talking on the topic of relationships and marriage, and it's based off of our up-and-coming book entitled, They Said We Wouldn't Make It But God. And so up from September until last week, we've been basically talking about all of the issues and the struggles that we had in our relationship, even leading up to um, when we first got married. And so we've been talking about all of those issues, and today we're going to take a shift in the book, and we're going to talk about the eye-opener, the thing that caused us to realize that our relationship and our marriage wasn't what it was supposed to be. But even prior to us getting to the relationship and the marriage not being what it, it was supposed to be, that we ourselves weren't what we were supposed to be. Um, We were in a relationship that was um, going downhill. It was just all bad, and there was nothing that either one of us could have done in our own power in order for us to get on track to to where we needed to be. And so this morning we are going to talk about the eye-opener, that thing that caused us to even realize that we had issues. It started... The eye-opener started in 2007. We had talked about uh, last week that Montrell and I, we had lived in separate homes even after we had gotten married. We had split up eight months after we had gotten married, and then we uh, moved back to Lorraine. I came back to Columbus, and we lived in separate homes. And In 2007, we lived about a mile away from each other, if that. It wasn't that far, excuse me, from each other. And we lived in separate homes, and in the spring of 2007, the kids had went to Lorraine for spring break with my mom, and so Montrell and I, we started spending a lot of time together. I would go to work after work. I would go to his house. And so we would spend a lot of time together, and it was kind of uh, more of a bonding period. During this time, I don't believe that we were doing a lot of fighting or we had a lot of the drama that we had prior to uh, spring of 2007. But also during that time in 2007, we had actually moved back in together. So uh, we lived in separate homes in 07, and then we came together and we began living together again, and I became pregnant. and Well, not became pregnant, but I had gotten pregnant with twins in 2007. And so one night in 2007, it was October 19th of 07, I had gotten up in the middle of the night. I had to use the restroom, but my stomach was hurting when I got up. 
And what it was when I sat down to use the restroom, my water had actually broken. And at that time, I was only 20 weeks pregnant, and my water had never broken on its own, so I didn't know if it was just pee that was coming out or if my water had actually broken. And so um, I called a couple people, and I was like, I think my water just broke. You know, what does it feel like when your water breaks on its own? And so I ended up going to the emergency room, and they told me at the emergency room that night that, um, and it, again, it was October 19th of 07. I wasn't due until March of 08, and they told me that night that I was going to be staying in the hospital until March of 08 when I had the baby. Um, they said that I had to be on bed rest. I wasn't able to leave because it was a danger to the babies, especially since my water had broken and two days later, October 21st, I actually delivered the first, my first, our first daughter. Her name was Anaya, but she was stillborn. And then 15 days after I delivered Anaya, I delivered Anasia. And so that was kind of like the thing that happened in our relationship and in our lives that caused us to look at life differently. Um, just that situation in general, Montreux, if you can think about all the stuff that we have been going through um, prior to this incident and then this incident happened, how do you think this incident caused us to look at things differently? Well, one of the reasons why it caused us to look at things differently was because we were walking in darkness. And then as time went on and things started to happen and, um, we started to see the light. And sometimes, even though we may not like to admit it, and when I say we, I mean me, we as human beings, sometimes we, we go through things and God takes us through things so that we can have our eyes open. And even though situations may cause hurt and pain and suffering for us emotionally, um, a lot of times it's for our, our better because God is just trying to draw us closer to him as he's taking us through those things. But it's up to us to be able to um, accept that and also understand what it is that he's trying to do so that we may not have to go through that again in the future. Right. And I can remember, like, even while I was in the hospital those days, there were, it was such a tragic time for us because not only um, were we in the hospital, we had already lost one of the babies, and they were trying to make sure that I wouldn't lose the second baby. I mean, it was to the point I couldn't get out of the bed to brush my teeth. I had to brush my teeth in the bed. And it was such a horrible time because Montreal was working. Uh, we had a daughter that wasn't in school yet. The other kids had to be to school after Montreal had to be the to work, so he was late to work every day trying to get them to school, Then we didn't have a babysitter for my younger daughter, and then my mom ended up coming to get her to stay with her, and so it was just such, it was so much stress, it was, as it, I was in the hospital dealing with that situation, but then at the same time, I was worried about um, the things that were going on outside of the hospital with the kids and Montreal not having a babysitter for the kids, and it was very stressful. So when I was released on November 6th, I just wanted things to go back to normal. While I was in the hospital, I kept saying, 
why is this happening? I know everything happens for a reason, but why is this happening? I just wanted to know why it happened. And so when I was released from the hospital, I wanted things to go back to normal as we knew it. And so compared to all the drama that we had, compared to this situation that we had, I felt like going back to that was normal compared to going through a tragedy of losing uh, two children. And so when we got out of the hospital, I just wanted things to go back to normal. We went back to living our lives, and it was like nothing ever happened because I just wanted things to be normal as we knew it. I wanted to be able to keep the kids while Montreal went to work, and I, w- I didn't want to have to worry about who was going to babysit. I didn't want him to have to worry about that. But it wasn't until October 21st of 2008, which was a year later, I was at work, and I realized that I had bottled all my emotions up. Everything that I had experienced from the loss of the twins, I had bottled that all up and pushed it all back down in me. And so it wasn't until October 21st of 08, and I was at work, and I had a breakdown. Everything that I felt, everything that I had pushed down, everything that was hidden, everything that you could imagine one would go through in losing children, I had pushed that down, and it all came out that day at work. And the bad thing about it is I didn't even realize that I had all of that in me. And so I had pushed it down so much because I wanted things to go back to normal. I didn't want to... Um, allowed that. I didn't want that stress. I didn't want to deal with that situation. I had never dealt with anybody dying like that close to me. And so it was hard, but at the, at the same time, I still wanted to know why it happened. It was still like in the back of my mind, why did it happen? Why? I mean, what is this? And not saying that God is like a baby killer or anything like that, but I wanted to know what was the purpose behind that? What did I need to know Um, from losing the twins. It was like in a matter of, it was just like our life changed overnight. In a matter of days, I lost a child. And then 15 days later, we lost another one. And so it was like, how do you even fathom trying to deal with that, never even having to deal with something like death in your desk as close as they were to us? So it was very hard and a very difficult situation for me, um, being the the mother, the one that was in the hospital, and I, I can't speak for Montreal. He can speak for himself on how it was for him being the person that ha- had all of this stress on him as the father. Well, it was stressful in a number of ways. Um, not to, uh, other than um, what she said, what she was saying about having to go to work and being able to find someone to watch the kids and make sure that they're getting to school on time and all of that, and then also providing meals for them and making sure that they get to bed on time and still trying to make sure that Pre was okay while she was in the hospital. But seeing her go through um, the pain and suffering, and even though I was suffering, she, I think that during that time she suffered more than I did for the simple fact that she was the one that had to go through it physically. She was the one who delivered one child and then they tried to save the other and then two weeks later the other one died as well. So it was one of those things where I was on the like an emotional roller coaster but I was trying to stay strong for um not only the kids but for her as well. 
And it was just, it was trying times during that time. As she was sitting here talking, I was thinking back to, like, wow, we've really been through all of that, and look where we are now because of that situation right there. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's when I think about it, and I think about how um, we lost two of our children and how life is, is so precious and the way that we lived our lives, prior to the twins, it was it was like we were living life as if life was nothing. And then in that in those few couple of weeks we saw life being taken from us through our children. And so if it just caused it caused us to really look at life in a different perspective. And like I said, that didn't happen until a year later. It didn't happen to the day that I broke down at work was the first day that I was able even to begin to walk in freedom because I hadn't realized that I had buried all that stuff in me. And it wasn't even just the tragedy from the twins that was buried in me. It was all of the stuff that Montreal and I had went to went through prior to the twins. So I had all of this stuff in me, all of this junk, all of this garbage, all of this brokenness, all of this anger, all of this hurt that was buried down in me, and we're in relationship together trying to do marriage or even be in a relationship, but we're just two broken people. And so, and we're living our lives in a nonchalant, aimless way as if life had no purpose. And so we didn't recognize that life, life could even be taken from you that fast and then that we should have been living life with purpose and doing what God has called for us to do. And not even saying walking in a calling back then, but still just living our lives the way that God wanted us to live. In Matthew 6.22, it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are good, then your whole body will be full of light. And so because our eyes weren't good, we weren't able to see the brokenness that we were in, the hate, the anger that we were living in, the the, all of the stuff that we just had deep down inside of us. And so it took this tragedy in order for our eyes to be open even to ourselves, let alone to each other. And so when you think about Montreal, how we saw things back then and comparing it to what took place with the twins, what were some things that you could say hindered us from even being able to see the light? Well, like you said, walking with no purpose. Um, we walk around aimlessly with with no purpose in regards to how we were supposed to be with being a husband and a wife, how we were supposed to be with being a mother and a father to our children, our finances, um, our spiritual life, just everything. We, we didn't have no purpose within in regards to any of those aspects of our lives. And... When you're walking in darkness, sometimes you don't want the light to shine in. Mm-hmm. You may, you may, you may act like you do at times, but deep down inside, you don't want to do what's right. You don't want to live life with purpose. And it's not until you recognize that you want those things truly and wholeheartedly that you're able to begin to see that light, so that it can begin to shine through and work through your situations. Right, and I like that you said that if we're living in darkness, sometimes we don't want to and live in the light. 
But when when we're in when you're in a relationship or even in a marriage and you know that there's darkness and you know that there's dark areas and not saying that we're supposed to be perfect, but if you are aware of the situations that's in your life or in your relationship, in your marriage, and you're not willing to work on it, that's like asking for a down like asking for destruction. And so we're not we weren't able to build And we can't build, we couldn't build if we were living in darkness and didn't want to change. I can't say that um, I didn't know that the way that we were living was wrong, because I did know that it was wrong. But then there were times where it felt good to live that way. It felt better to just lash out when I wanted to lash out or hit my trail when I wanted to hit them or for us to just go out and party all night. It's those things that kind of felt good to us because we were living in darkness and the the what was coming into us, what we wanted to be light was not light. It was what we wanted. It was our own desires. And so if you not if you're not acknowledging number one, if you're not acknowledging or able to see that there is an issue, then we're not going to be able or you're not going to be able to correct the issue. And we weren't going to be able to correct our issues if we weren't able to identify it. And it's sad that it took this situation for us to be able to realize that we weren't living life the way that we were supposed to be living it. But at the same time, I thank God that he he, he's so grateful that he was with us even when we didn't know he was with us, even when we didn't ask him to be with us. He still had his hands on us, and I thank him for that. And it's not until you work on you, because you can't make a relationship work, you can't make a marriage work if you're not willing to work on you. I said it before, and, and Montreal also said it before in the previous shows, that we can't change our spouse or uh, the person that we're dating or engaged to. We can't change them. The only person that we can change is ourselves. And so we have to get to the point to where we are identifying our our own issues and we are in relationship. So it doesn't have to take something like this in order for your eyes to be open. And it doesn't even have to be death. Um, a type of tragedy that opened your eyes to you living life the way that you're supposed to be or being in a relationship the way that you're supposed to be. It can be something else that causes you, something else that opens your eyes to show you that you aren't doing things the way that God wants you to do in your life or in your relationship or marriage. But what the thing about it is, is when your eyes are open and you recognize that, embrace what God is doing in your life. Allow him to come in and transform you because I believe that God can transform anyone. Luke 137 says, for nothing is impossible with God. And all of the stuff that Montrell and I went through, went through, all of the stuff that we done, it wasn't to glorify what we had done or it wasn't to brag on any of the things. It was to show that God can do Anything, if we allow his Holy Spirit into our lives and into our relationship, into our marriage, and allow him to work. It's a call for us to become submissive to the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our relationship, and in our marriage. And so if we, if we allow him in and let him do what he does, then it will be so much e- it will be so much better. It's not going to be easy. It will be easier than us trying to do it. But 
we have to understand that we have to allow him in to do it and go through the process that we have to go through in order for us to have the relationship and the marriage that God wants us to have. If, you, if you're not in a relationship or you're not in a marriage, start off with the whole, you and God, you and the Holy Spirit, allowing him into your life so when you go into your relationship and prepare for marriage, you won't have to go through all the things that we went through because you're doing it the right way. And so, Montreal, what are some more things that you that comes to mind to you as we're talking on this topic, the eye opener? Um, how it affected the kids? Um, it definitely affected them, and I believe that their eyes were also open because here they were the whole pregnancy preparing to have two little sisters, and in a blink of an eye, that was taken away. And so it, it caused them to be able to think think of life in, in a different way. And even to this day, they they sit around and they have conversations about how things were or how things would be if they if they were here to this day. So I mean, it, it definitely affected them, and it definitely, I believe, opened their eyes in regards to how precious life is as well. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because the kids will sometimes say, uh, it's Anaya's birthday or uh, we missed Anaya's birthday, or they'll have signs in their room that has, like, all of their names in it, and they'll include the twins' name, Anaya and Anaya, on it. And so it's interesting how um, the kids were as involved as they were. And it's also interesting because when our eyes were open to life and what life is, the kids' eyes, like Montreal said, were also open, and they were in that transformed process with us. So even now when we talk about um, when we talk about our relationship with God and how we used to be, and so it's like the kids, they, they remember all the stuff. They remember the transformation process. They, they, they remember all of that. And so they're now to the point to where, they, their eyes are actually open to life. They are in a place where Montreal and I weren't. Um, that we were, well, when I was like 13, I think it was, 12 or 13, something like that, it was like you're going to church. And so Montreal, he went to church, like basically his whole life with his grandma. But now our kids, they, they have a desire to want to go to church. They have a desire to want to um, learn more about God and connect. Not saying that there are times where they where they don't want to go or that they're these perfect kids and that they don't get into any trouble. Not saying any of that, but I'm, I'm saying for myself that I believe that they have a relationship with God for themselves, and I thank God. I hate that they had to go through all of that with us, but I thank God that he even had his hands on them during this process of, I feel like I want to cry, during this process of um, us, and our eyes being open. And so it's it it's such a it's such a grateful a gratefulness knowing that God is with us even when we leave him, even when we ignore him, even when we just step away and don't recognize that he's with us. He's still with us. He was still with our kids. And he's still even with us today, helping us through this process even though we don't have it all together. And so it's such a gratefulness that, you know, we are still here as a family, 
And it's just a lot. Yeah, she's she's absolutely right. I mean, we we do have a lot to be grateful for, and we are grateful for grace. We're grateful for mercy. And I just encourage you to embrace your today. Embrace the situation that God may be taking you through, that may be having your eyes being able to be open. Don't don't dwell in that in that moment, and don't get down on yourself and say, "Hey, how could I have prevented this from happening?" Just be able to embrace it so that you can get the lesson that God may be trying to show you that whatever it is that you're going through. Because a lot of times we we do try to get in that situation where we do try to question ourselves and say, hey, how, how, how could I have prevented that from happening? And like I said, sometimes we just have to allow things to happen so that our eyes can be open so that we're able to move forth and be able to get the purpose out of it so that we can walk in purpose and have purpose in our lives. Right. And uh, another thing that I wanted to say was for, like, any uh, anyone that has parents that has gone through some of the stuff that Montrell and I have gone through or is going through some of the stuff that we've gone through, uh, don't lose hope. Just continue to pray and allow and ask the Lord to come into their hearts so that they can see things the way that he sees things, so that they can do what he wants them to do. Because I believe, regardless of the age, that God can do whatever he wants to do in a relationship or in a marriage. God can open your eyes to see the what he wants you to see, and it's only when you submit. So I would encourage anyone, and regardless of if you're an adult and your parents are older, regardless of how old you are, I, pr- I pray that if this is something that your parents are going through or if you're dealing with something because of what your parents have gone through, I pray that you pray, I pray that you ask the Lord to show you what it is that he wants you to see out of this situation so that you can move forward in your life and continue to pray even for your parents, even as they are adults as well. Pray for them so that they can be able to see what God wants them to see. A lot of people think that because people are older or older than them that they have it together, they have the answer to the the problem, but sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes we need to pray for our older brothers and sisters or older people that's in our lives so that they can really see what God wants them to see and apply the Holy Spirit to them to their lives the way that he wants them to be he wants to be applied to their lives. But one thing I wanted to share with you all this morning, um, I have this little sermon notebook thing that my son got me for Christmas one year, and it has an action plan at the end of it. And so for the end of today's uh, show, it says, what actions am I called to do? And this is just what I wrote for myself, and I just wanted to share with you all. It says, live my, live my life to the full. Live each day with purpose. There is no room for pride selfishness, laziness, or aimless living. I am not here for me. Embrace God and his purpose for you. Don't pick and choose what you want to do. At any moment, what you choose over God's will for your life can be taken away. And then I put, seek ye first God's kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. And so I just wanted to share that that's my action plan. Even though this we're talking about a topic that's from 2007, 2008, 
we still have to make sure that we are continuing to live with purpose. And even as we are maturing and we are growing, God still has a purpose and a plan for your life, for your relationship, and for your marriage. And so we want to make sure that we are staying on the same page that God is on. We don't want to place any idols um, before him. We don't want to neglect what he is doing for our, in our life because, again, we are here for his purpose, not our own purpose. And at any given moment, life can be taken from us. And so what I want to do is I want to do my best. Even though I don't get it right all the time, I want to do my best to fulfill God's purpose for me each and every day. Each and that I get, I want to try to do what God wants me to do. And so just this show this morning, even as I was preparing for it, it was really kind of touchy. Even when I was writing this portion of the book, it was touchy, um, talking about the girls. But, you know, we have to embrace life. We have to embrace the life that we have given and the things that we go through. And some of the things that we go through is because of some of the decisions that we made and then go through is just because we're in this world. And like the Bible says, we will have trouble. But Jesus has already overcome the world. And so as we come to a close, I'm going to ask Montrell to uh, close us out in prayer. But I just encourage you this morning to embrace life, embrace the life that God has for you. Um, don't live nonchalant or aimlessly lazy or selfish, selfishly or live in pride, but do what God, all of what God wants you to do. Not some of it, don't pick and choose, but do what God wants you to do because life will be so much better when you live in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to be able to explore these things of our past, Lord, to be able to get meaning from it, and Lord, and today. Lord, I ask that if there is anyone out there who may be going through something, who may be walking without purpose, Lord, I ask that you help them to find their purpose so that they're able to walk in it so that they're able to do all that you have called for them to do. Lord, I ask that you continue to strengthen them, continue to lead them, and continue to guide them. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Embrace Today. You can further connect with Whole House Ministries by viewing our website at www.wholehouseministries.org, liking Whole House Ministries on Facebook, and following at Curry on Twitter. Be blessed and embrace your today.